Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 102, Your Urban Legends, part 15. Coming back around with another Urban Legends. Gosh, I love these episodes so much. They're so good. Also so good, as always, our newest patrons, Meg, William, Anastasia, and Jeff, and our supporting producer-level patrons who come around every dang week to help make the show happen. Amara, Deborah, Jessica, Josie, Neil, Phil Fresh, Christina, and Philip. You know how when you go to another place and then you come home and that feeling of just being home is like super cozy and wonderful? That's what our patrons are like. Uh, amazing. And I bet uh, that our legend level patrons all have really lovely like house slippers to put mm-hmm. on the moment they get in from a, from traveling. So that would be Audra, Jack, Jess, Jordan, Leanne, Mercedes, Sandra, Sarah, Stina, and Zoe. What pleasing alliteration. So good. Thank you for all the S names. And thank you, Legend Level patrons, and every single one of our patrons for your support. Julia and I just spent the weekend, uh, along with Multitude uh, friend Eric Silver, at Patreon, which is Patreon's annual convention for creators. And I cannot tell you how excited it made me to say, yeah, I'm a full-time podcaster. Like, yeah, we're able to do this because patrons like you support us and our community is incredible. And just hearing all the other Patreon creators talk in the same way about people that they consider like their family was just awesome. Yeah, it's it's fantastic to just know that you are here to support us and it means the world to us. It really does. Um, Jules, tell us what local beer we were drinking for this local Urban Legends episode. Amanda, you know how much I love Dogfish Head. We have talked about it many a time. Mm, uh, so but good. I picked up at the end of the season, the pumpkin ale, which is not pumpkin, it's pumpkin, uh, because it's a pun, <laughs> because Dogfish Head loves me. Um, and we had that for our roundup this week. We sure did. And I actually took notes this week in a beautiful leather-bound book that was sent to us by some listeners, by TJ and Alana Skidmore. They are actually running a Kickstarter that I wanted to just tell you about because it's awesome. I love their products, and I just wanted to to give you the heads up. They're called the Happy Leather Company, um, and so they are making mouse pads and valet trays, which are like a cute little tray you can put your keys and your wallet on, um, and leather-bound books. Amazing. Go to bit.ly slash happyleatherco to back their Kickstarter. Or if you're listening after November 2018, use that same link to go to their shop. Um, they are great. They are super sweet. Love the stuff. So shout out to Happy Leather Co. My mouse is currently on a mouse pad right now that they made us. And it's absolutely like the with, coolest thing ever. With the Spirits logo. It's so beautiful. I know. It says creepy and cool on it. Which we are. Mm-hmm. Also, thanks to our sponsors for this episode, HoneyBook and RX Bar. You can get 50% off your first year of HoneyBook's services for small businesses at honeybook.com slash spirits. And RX Bar will give you 25% off your first order at rxbar.com slash spirits. October is over now, but you can keep the spookiness going all year long by recommending Spirits to a friend today. Like, today, today. Yeah, if you text a friend the link to spiritspodcast.com, they'll be able to subscribe on whatever podcast player they use. But more importantly, tell them why they would love the show. Tell them what episode to start with. Help us grow the family. And if you want to tweet a screenshot to us of you taking a picture of the text that you sent uh we will shower you with thanks and also gifts not gifts with a t but gifts with the the thing that moves virtual gifts are just as good as physical ones hot take (laughs) i think so without further hot takes and without further ado please enjoy episode 102 your urban legends part 15 i'm not getting conned into starting this episode (laughs) you're not getting conned into it nope (laughs) I was I just thinking have... about Eric's yappy dog and how um, you're not allowed to read stories about dogs anymore, Eric. No, that's true. Not. It's not. It's not my yappy dog. It. It's the neighbor's yappy dog. Your dog is very good and only sometimes whines during recording when he wants to be let out. Yeah, he, he luckily. He, I mean, not that not that Waystation is not the superior podcast, but Waystation is a much smaller podcast, and he's never disturbed us during spirits, which does weirdly mean a lot to me. <laughs> He knows. Honestly, we're, we're getting very close to what we refer to as the witching hour in our house. And <laughs> who knows which way uh, he's going to take it. He is sleeping. So last I checked, we should be. Wait, what happens during the witching hour? Oh, between seven, between 630 and 730, 
he believes it is dinner time, but dinner time is not until seven thirty. Oh, and that's that's when the whining gets the worst. Oh, that's so cute. Wait, why don't you move dinner time up? Because you don't want to. Because you work. don't appease the dog, Amanda. You are Whoa. the elf of the house. Well, because witching hour also starts at six thirty a.m. So he oh, no. he also wakes up at six thirty in the morning to go to the bathroom, and then gets Same. fed at seven thirty. But if we start feeding him earlier. At, at night, he will wake up even earlier in the morning. I now, see. it did get particularly worse this last daylight savings switch. So we're hoping that when we fall back in a few weeks, uh, it, it might like reverse itself and <laughs> will actually be, he won't know the difference so that the next six months will be a lot easier. He probably so, won't because he's a dog. <laughs> yeah. It's well, he won't know exactly. He won't know the time, which means his his six thirty wake ups will now be seven thirty. His biological clock is going to move back. It's all good. You're exactly. Set. I think I think no, everything will we, fix itself. When we fall back, it gets earlier. So his six thirty wake ups are going to be at five thirty. Is that how that works? Shit. You're I don't fucked, know, man. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that I think your plan has to wait until spring. <laughs> But spring just brings us to the current situation. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, it does. It does. So that's a story about a dog in which the dog doesn't die and becomes stone. Like the last time I did a story about dogs. We're so, so proud of you. Thanks now for we could all me. do. Now we could all do our stories. You know what's great? I do have a story that's labeled "Not Safe for Eric." <gasps> great, and I think that's a great place to start with. I just want to say real quickly, "Not Safe for Eric." It doesn't mean that it's not safe for me to read. It means we can't end on them. But I like that it's become shorthand for like, don't let Eric read this one because if he reads it last, it's going to be super sad and bum everybody out. Well, that's yeah. why Julia said she now only selects emails uh, labeled not safe for Eric because they are guaranteed to be the spookiest. The horrifying ones. It's true. That's what I'm here for. All right. So uh, this email uh, was titled, True Campfire Horror Story, Not Safe for Eric. Yeah. And they start with, I've been a listener for years and I've loved your Urban Legends episodes. That's when I was a- wild. I know. Hold on, years. Hold on. I was just like, going to say, guys, I- wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what? A list- that's, thank you. Thank you to all our listeners. But like, that's my boggling. That's like, people are like, I've been listening for years. Guys, if, if people live in a town where, um, where junior high comprises three years, they could have done all of high school listening to spirits as of February. In that wild, in that wild, it's so weird. That is, that, that's a lot of very specific caveats, but that is wild. Listen, all I'm saying is that three years is a milestone. <laughs> it is. It undeniably is. Got to think of something really good for our anniversary. Okay, let's I go. know we do. Sorry. When I was a kid, I used to go to a YMCA summer camp called Camp Ernst. As a camper, I had taken hikes to the historic cemetery on the property, and we'd been told the history of the land. Strange, I know, for a cemetery to be on a kid's summer camp, but it holds a lot of historic significance in the area. However, the year I first became a volunteer at the camp after I'd graduated from being a camper... Our counselor sat us down around the campfire and told us a story about the land that we'd never heard. The young couple, both of which can still be found in the cemetery and I have seen for myself, owned a big chunk of land that the camp is now built on, including the land that still covered the untouched forest. They tried for years to have a child, but this was way before anything could be done about such things, and they were nearly ready to give up when they found out that they were finally pregnant. Margaret Wright gave birth to a healthy but rather odd daughter named Renee. It was said that even at birth, Renee had thick red hair that covered her entire body and that she was much larger than other children of her age, described at nearly six foot by the age of 10. I heard groaning already. Here we go. That was just a very slow, scared what? (laughs) Good. I was also nearly six foot at the age of 10, so that's uh, that's not too bad. All right. You weren't covered with thick red hair, though, so that's a plus. That's true. Although her parents loved her, they opted to keep her home from school. Back then, you could choose to do so, to save her from ridicule from the rest of the town. I feel like I've heard this story before. Not going to lie. Moving forward, though. She spent most of her time with the animals on the farm and grew quite fond of them as a result. One day, people started noticing small animals on their land were dying strangely. Their bodies were found limp in the woods with their heads turned completely backwards. It says, in quotes, pause for Amanda's reaction. No! There we go. 
Also, Amanda was before Amanda had heard that there was a lot of facial reaction. Oh yeah, no, my very eyes wide were eyed, leaning back for the mic, just just so everyone knows, Amanda was properly reacting as expected. My eyes were big as half dollars. Of course, the townspeople immediately assumed that this was the work of the strange Underhill child, but Renee's parents assured them that she would never do such a thing. She loved animals, but the killings didn't stop. They got worse. It started with squirrels and raccoons and maybe a cat, but then people found their dogs dead in the woods and then goats and even cows all with their necks snapped and turned 180 degrees. Fuck. Each time someone would come up to the Underhill's door demanding repercussions until finally nearly the whole town showed up like an angry mob. Scared for their daughter's life, the couple agreed to lock her in the barn for the night. If any killings happened that night, they knew it wasn't her. The town awoke the next morning in a panic. In the night, a young girl had gone missing, and Renee had escaped. Satisfied with their answer, the townspeople grabbed their torches and pitchforks. Renee was soon found in the forest and murdered. In a show of cruel irony, the girl who'd gone missing was found soon after Renee had been killed. Unable to live among the people who had killed their daughter, Michael and Margaret sold their land and moved away. Eventually, it fell into the hands of the current owners, and they started a summer camp there. Stay with me here. It gets better. No. No, wait, wait. There's more? There's more. That's, no. I'm quitting the podcast. (laughs) Don't accept. I don't accept. That was a a middle, a start before that, Mm -hmm. then the middle, and then the ending. There was a whole arc right there. We, we had the whole witch's hat. We're over yeah. the hump. We're in the mm-hmm. denouement. Mm-hmm. This is where we there's have another one. Oh, there's a there's a another hump. A cool ending. Here we go. A few generations after the Underhills, a couple of dudes were getting rowdy at a bar nearby and started telling the story of a red-headed Bigfoot that lurks through the woods and her family's old land. Sightings of Renee were and are common. One such dude bro, intent on disproving the myth drunkenly agreed to stay the night on Renee's grave. Pause for Eric's reaction. Don't, don't do that. That's just like, I don't know. I like that they Why? knew I was going to be the one that read this too because there's no <laughs> pause for Julia's reaction. Yeah. How about instead you do anything else? Maybe. Yeah. How about instead you learn knitting? How about instead you play a banjo? How about instead you, you play bocce? Banjo music. I love banjo music. Me too. I'm not surprised by I that. I love it. When they arrived, his buddies literally chained him to a tree to keep him from backing out and left him there. The best part, the next day was a Sunday morning and they forgot him until after church. When they finally returned the next day... These don't sound like church going folks. <laughs> no, probably not. I don't, want, I don't mean to poke holes in the story, but these don't sound like church going folks. So when they finally returned the next day, he was exactly where they'd left him, leaning on Renee's tombstone, head completely backwards. No. No good. Also, was he t- when he was tied to a tree and on the tombstone? I had by no, the they, tombstone. No, they tied him. T- yeah, like I guess there was a tree next to the tombstone. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Listen, I wasn't there. <laughs> okay. What I find so crazy about this story is how much is based in reality. The Underhills were real people whose gravestones I have seen while at camp. And even more interestingly is that the young man who died in the cemetery can supposedly be found in an obituary from the 40s. However, the story is shrouded in a lot of mystery. In fact, counselors are not allowed to tell official campers this story, which is why it's a tradition to tell crew members because they're considered, quote, volunteers. The camp enforces a no-tolerance policy about this because campers get so scared that they've had to get picked up early in the week. Counselors have been known to get fired for it. In addition, many counselors and staff claim to have seen Renee, a huge lumbering creature covered in red hair, stalking through the forest at night. Even the old camp owner, who would often run so early in the morning that he'd need to take a flashlight with him, had seen her dart by one morning. I've tried to do research on the story in the Underhills, but I've never found anything until just this week. I got a new hit from Ancestry.com where someone had posted in the forum to look for the info for the exact same story from the exact same call, so they must still be telling it at the camp. Talk about a legend. I hope you guys liked it and keep doing what you're doing. Uh, And that is from Natasha. Natasha, what a tale. This really took me on a journey. Yeah, no, it's real good. Yeah. Didn't expect the extra stuff. Yeah. At all. 
Got you gotta have at least one death from the from the mystery death. Love a good mystery death. Me too. I have a story from Chelsea titled Southern Baptist College Haunts. Yeah, yeah give it to that me. sounds up your alley. I picked this one because my freshman year of college, I went to a Southern Baptist University. So you got did. some experience here. You did. Wasn't haunted as far as I know, but you know. Haunted with the path not taken. For the first semester of my freshman year of college in 2009, I attended a small Southern Baptist college in central Louisiana. The campus was constructed in the early 1920s and was absolutely overflowing with Southern charm. As is standard in Christian colleges. You were going to say ghosts. It was the opposite. It was Southern charm. Ghosts, demons, (laughs) cryptids. As is standard. Lots Lots of ghosts. You know, exorcisms, they go there when they're done. I think... I think we're going to get into the, the haunting a, a bit later than the second sentence. <laughs> I don't know. They could have a great topic sentence. Wait, no, you, you <laughs> great topic sentence. Great thesis. Go it's on. The, it's the first semester of college. You're going to take a writing class. Come on. That's true. That's true. It was overflowing with Southern charm and maybe ghosts. We'll find out. We'll find out. As is standard in Christian colleges, boys and girls had separate dorms as well as visiting hours that include signing in, lights staying on, doors staying open, both feet on the floor. They're not joking. They're not joking. That but is what if you're 100% accurate. But what if you're a disaster by and you cannot sit in a chair with both feet on the floor? That's true. I'm literally not right now. Me neither. Yeah, I mean, we ne- we never had the 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 feet on the floor thing. We had, I th- I think occasionally it was like three feet on the floor was like the joke. Oh my god. <laughs> that part is irrelevant to my story, but I just like to throw it in <laughs> because what the fuck. Thanks. So the girls' housing, Cottingham Hall, was a four-story brick building that hadn't been re- renovated since at least the seventies, with a boarded-up elevator shaft and a heavily locked fourth floor. It seems like every college or old building with an old elevator has a story of someone dying in the elevator, and Cottingham Hall was no exception. Story has it that a girl committed suicide in the elevator on the fourth floor. No one knows where or when it happened, of course, but after the gruesome scene and much consideration, the elevator was boarded up and the fourth floor of the building was locked with strict orders for students to go nowhere near it. Lucky for me, as a freshman, I got to live on the third floor. <gasps> Ooh. Also, like, not making your stuff accessible to people who can't use stairs just because someone committed suicide seems kind of shitty. Yeah, well, they, I mean, maybe there could be another elevator in the building. Okay. I don't know. It doesn't could, seem could like it's a two elevator kind of building. That's true. Our dorm had four floors and two elevators, All so right. it's 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 possible. It's possible. Also, if it's a freshman, le- if it's a freshman dorm, you are not lucky for being on the third floor. You want that first floor because you probably don't have AC and you want to be as low to the ground as possible. That's true. That's and just in my experience. Stuff. Could oh, be yeah. different. Within the first month of living in our dorm, my friend Alex and I started to notice odd things happening. First, minor. Th- I was trying to come up with a joke there about odd things that happened at the beginning of college and couldn't. I just Socks started in the sentence and, and made knobs. myself go like that. That was dumb. Like the possibility uh, of a sexual encounter, and then you go nope and run away. Exactly. Yeah. First, minor things like leaving and coming back, having things not where we left them—the kind of things you can just write off to stress. One night, things escalated slightly. <laughs> I like that they escalated slightly. I just thought it was going to say escalate quickly because that's how things normally escalated these stories. But just this one just went just a bit, just a bit more intense now. As Alex and I had just said goodnight and turned off our lamps, we heard what sounded like furniture or something heavy dragging on the floor above us. Nope. A noise coming from the fourth floor at nope. 2 a.m. We both whispered, making sure the other was hearing the same thing, and then it stopped. We sat in silent panic for a few moments before deciding we were overreacting terrifying, and tried to go to sleep again when all of a sudden two pictures flew, literally flew from the walls and onto the floor towards the center of the room. Next morning, we picked the pictures up and put them back on the wall and tried to act as if everything was fine. It's chill. It's just some pictures that fell on the wall. Ugh. Just flew from the walls to the center it's of the fine. room. No. Fine. No, 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 no. I don't like it. A few nights after this, Alex and I were sitting on her bed watching a movie and trying to relax 
Sorry, pause. Which college do what college freshmen are put together enough to have framed pictures on their wall and not just like a fight club poster with masking tape? Same. I mean, I've seen how like these Instagram people like deck uh, out yeah. their rooms now. I feel like I mean, you when did you start college, Amanda? 2010. 2000 Okay, so this was before that. So I don't know. Oh, maybe right. you just maybe you just didn't have the Maybe instead of uh, having sex, the Southern Baptists are having advanced home decor. I was just, I'm just baffled by Eric suggesting that you didn't have your shit together enough to have framed <laughs> photos, Amanda, knowing you as a person who has their shit together. Hold on. Amanda is the one that suggested that no college freshman would have the time to do not, this. Not I just even I, was, I had framed I was. I was wolf. not making All any right. insinuation about Amanda not having shit together. She <laughs> right, 100% right. has her shit together. Thank she you. does. It's scary. I would, I would never doubt you, babe. Honestly, I'm more confused that Amanda, like, uh, presumably did have a duct-taped Fight Club poster on her wall. Didn't we all, though? I sure did, Eric. It, at least the masking tape or it was on the back of it, so it mm-hmm. looked seamless. But, yes, yeah, I sure did. Mm-hmm. Perfect. A few nights after this, Alex and I were sitting on her bed watching a movie, trying to relax, when we heard a loud crash from the area around the corner where our sink was. Well, that's relaxing. As adults... Nope. <laughs> so relaxing. Hard nope. <laughs> As adults do, we played rock, paper, scissors to see who would go, look, and I lost. Smart. Mm -hmm. I walked over to find that all our things we had on the shelves surrounding the sink had all fallen directly into the sink without anyone or anything being near it. We once tried again to write it off. No one else was having these odd things happen, but I seemed to be one of those unfortunate people who get to experience things like this and poor Alex was along for the ride. I feel like maybe your shelves sucked because college dorms are not well put together. That's just my take. I mean, at mm. least they had someone else corroborating this weird shit. It wasn't like it yes. was me specifically. And one of the possibilities could be that I was like making things up or having lucid dreams or something like that. That's fair. We've got one final paragraph. Do it. See if it's, it's all the shelves. Nearly two months pass and nothing else happens. So with Halloween right around the corner, we decide to have a scary movie night in a friend's room. Bad choice. As we were watching the movie, I noticed the digital clock on their desks running through the numbers. I stare and finally it stops. I decide not to say anything to anyone as I don't want to scare them. I glance again and it's going again, even faster this time. Alex notices and whispers to me if I see what she sees, which I give her a terrified stare. Finally, Gabby, the room, and the clock's owner sees the clock and freaks out, pulling the clock from the outlet, causing it to fall on the floor and lose power. Correct. Gabby, correct choice. Correct. But the numbers kept running <gasps> no! on the I don't like it. Terrified. That's we real ran bad. out of the room and down the stairs out of the building. I applied for a different college the next day. Oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, not even like a new dorm, please. Nope. Full new college. I mean, if it was the devil trying to like make you stray from Christ, it did its job. It, it did real good. Did real good. Did very, very good. They say sorry for the long story. No need to apologize. We just it kept interrupting. Good, oh, we love long it. Long story. It was great. Enjoyed it very much. I have a story, uh, not about a college, but about an elementary school. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Yes. So this is from Janine who wrote in and said um, they were listening the other day to the episode with Paul Bay talking about ghost stories with his students and witnessing the creation of an urban legend. It reminded me of something that happened while I was teaching English as a foreign language in South Korea. I don't know if this story necessarily counts as an urban legend, but from what I hear from teachers who are still at the school, it has become one. Let me set the scene for you. I taught at a private kindergarten outside of Seoul, connected by the dark blue subway slash train line, but pretty far out there still. The school itself is in a pretty rural area. There's a livestock farm behind the school, and the school has a yard with a playground, sandbox, and vegetable garden. The building itself is shaped like a castle. It's a squarish red brick three-story building with circular towers in the front two corners. My class was all boys. They were obnoxious, adorable little pains in the ass, but God, I love those boys. They're about five or six years old, so the equivalent of kindergarten. One rainy, drizzly day, I was setting up an activity about the five senses in my classroom during the kids' play break. They were playing inside because of the rain, and I was just setting up my lesson, listening to them play. The school was English immersion, so they weren't technically supposed to speak Korean, but of course they did anyway. 
I kept noticing my boys crowd around the window, whispering to each other, and then run away shrieking before stealing themselves to go back to the window again. Children are horrifying. Looks like this lesson was about to be about the sixth sense. (laughs) (laughs) That was awful. That was so bad. You know it's good because even Julia laughed. Okay. My Korean was not great at the time, but they kept repeating the Korean word halmoni, which means grandma. At first, I thought they were referring to the director of the school's mother, who was an elderly lady that helped out and tended to put the fear of God into misbehaving students, but I never heard them call her grandma before. Eventually, my curiosity got the better of me, so I walked over to the window. I peeked out to see what got the boys so worked up, but I could barely see anything except the swing set swinging gently. The school was in a sort of valley, so it often got very foggy and I couldn't see far. The kids continued pointing out the window and saying grandma. I finally gave in and asked them what was going on. You have to understand that they were five and six-year-olds who usually hadn't spoken English before, so getting them to explain things to me often turned into a theatrical performance. They have to use words that they know to describe words that they don't know, combined with gestures, acting things out, and occasionally drawing pictures. It sounds like me ordering in French. Yes. It's essentially playing charades with a bunch of Korean kindergartners, and in case you're wondering, it's even cuter than it sounds. It does sound adorable, despite how horrifying children are. Seeing an opportunity, I canceled the lesson I was planning and sat my boys in a circle in the middle of the room, and we spent all next class period discussing the grandma ghost. The boys were more focused and using more language skills than I had ever seen them in any lesson, even the really fun ones. I learned that the word I thought meant grandma really just meant old woman, and they'd been seeing a creepy old lady ghost who comes out of the fog on rainy days. Wonderful. She has long, messy gray hair. And they showed me the exact shade by picking out a specific gray crayon. A, these kids are fucking geniuses. B, how terrifying is that? Five-year-olds don't know to make up details that specific to sell a lie. Yeah, That's all I'm saying. Yep. All right. So long, messy gray hair, all black eyes, and a dirty white shredded hanbok, Korean traditional clothing. She only comes out when it's cloudy, but especially when it's foggy. She was apparently dead from some sort of choking or hanging, There were a lot of boys miming, wringing each other's necks, and making choking sounds, which dissolved into giggles for a while. How do they know that? I don't know. It's got much less cute of a picture, I must say. Uh Uh-huh. I tried asking them what she did exactly, but they didn't seem to have an answer, except teacher, we run away, accompanied by a shrug. Apparently, no one had been caught yet. I'm guessing for the murder. Or no, like, like the children... Oh, had been caught by the ghost. So they had been caught by the ghost. They don't know what's up with the ghost. Smart. Runaway kids. That's a good instinct. Smart. Good choice. Then I asked what her name was. I'm sorry. I was just thinking of the John Mulaney bit. (laughs) Which one? Go ahead. Which one? Street spots. (laughs) Money club. Ah. Okay. Run away from the ghost. Okay. Secondary locations. Haunted ones. Okay. I asked the boys what her name was and was met with looks of abject horror. No, teacher, no name, they exclaimed. One boy stood up and actually covered my mouth with his hand. I couldn't get anything more out of them about this. I still don't know for sure if this meant she had no name or that it was somehow dangerous to speak or find out her name. After this conversation, I learned that the story of Grandma Ghost was not contained to my class. I questioned kids from other classes, and they all had a similar story independently of each other. Side note, uh, Janine, this is such a great uh, investigatory practice. Mm-hmm. Like, you have good instincts. Good you are getting us data. You are giving us details. Well done. Some of the older kids knew the story but didn't seem to believe it, while some insisted they did believe it but would laugh and giggle about it, and others seemed genuinely afraid. However, on rainy or foggy days, I would still catch even the more mature students glancing nervously toward the playground and staying away from the windows. I have since learned that the old lady ghost is a common trope in Korean media and culture, so it's not like the boys pulled it out of thin air. But the legend of the grandma ghost persisted throughout the year I worked there. After thinking about the story, I contacted some of my former coworkers still at the school, and they immediately knew what I was talking about. Most of the kids I taught are no longer there, but the grandma ghost is still talked about and feared. Apparently now she is known to be a vampire and the cause of all broken equipment and dead vegetables in the garden. (laughs) Checks out. I also talked to some of the teachers before me, but they had never heard of it. So we think it originated with us. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. 
right at the origin of of the story all right so janine says stay creepy and janine we will but first let's go get a refill let's do it So, Julia, this weekend at Patreon, it was so awesome to chat with people about their artistic creations and the communities that they are cultivating on Patreon. Um, But something that everybody had in common was like, so money sucks, huh? And (laughs) keeping track of the paperwork. Um, And me specifically, I really have trouble managing all of the receipts and making sure at the end of the month that I am billing our clients for the right amount of hours. Um, But I am using our sponsor this week, HoneyBook, to make sure that I can track my time and turn that time tracking into invoices. It helps me save time. It helps me not doubt myself and be like, oh, wait, last week, did I work on this client or this client? It really takes all of the ambiguity out of running a small business. So HoneyBook is just for businesses. They are a business management platform. So everyone from like photographers to event professionals and other entrepreneurs uh, like me can save hours and can make sure that they spend their time doing the things that they want to do by using HoneyBook. And if you go to honeybook.com slash spirits, they are offering spirits listeners half off your first year of services. That is half off off. That's really, really great. And we are very happy that they chose to support the show because they know that Spirits listeners love doing stuff. They have small businesses. They have side hustles. Like you guys, I think, can really benefit from their services. So again, that's at honeybook.com slash spirits for 50% off. That's honeybook.com slash spirits. Awesome. And I'm going to tell you this week about our other sponsor, RX Bar. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar. And that means their bars are made with real whole ingredients. So they are transparent and upfront with their customers about what goes into their bars. And the fact is, they're delicious. We were just on a plane ride back from LA and they had RX bars on the plane. It was wonderful. It was honestly the coolest thing. And so it is perfect for like jumping on a plane and going. Those six hour flights, I need a snack in between. And sometimes I don't want the potato chips that they give me on the plane. It is filling. It feels good to eat them. And it's delicious. And actually, like their flavors are really, really cool. I mean, I'm a big fan of the chocolate hazelnut, but they have a bunch of seasonal flavors too, like gingerbread right now. Or they have a amazing fall pack, which has coffee, chocolate, apple, cinnamon, and uh, pumpkin spice. AKA the best flavors of all time. Absolutely. And now they also have nut butter, which I mean, I love peanut butter. But I haven't like really dived into the other kinds of nut butter. But with RX Bar, I can. And they're going to be amazing because I know that their stuff is always delicious. So they have new ones. It's a honey cinnamon peanut butter, regular peanut butter, and a vanilla almond butter, which I'm definitely going to be trying soon. Definitely. And the thing I appreciate the most is not that it's just easy to like put in my bag and have on the subway if I'm going to an early meeting, but also like my tum is pretty sensitive. We've <laughs> talked about this in the past. And the protein that they use comes from egg whites, which I know that I can digest. It's easy for your body to absorb, um, which which I really appreciate. So if you want to try RX Bar for yourself, you can get 25% off your first order at rxbar.com slash spirits. And then make sure you enter the promo code spirits at checkout. And it is valid in the US only. Yes. 25% off your first order. rxbar.com slash spirits. Enter promo code spirits. Yeah. You checking out our sponsors, you placing orders, you doing free trials tells the sponsor that our audiences like to support the show, that they're going to try links and check things out. So we really appreciate you going to rxbar.com slash spirits with promo code spirits at checkout. And again, US only. Now let's get back to the show. I think I've right. I've got another one here for us if yes. we're ready for it i have a drink let's go the subject of the email is my dead grandma set me up with my girlfriend yeah we've really got like an arc going over these stories i feel like That's they're all true. like tangentially related yeah. so far i'm, I'm enjoying, enjoying it. it uh this is from georgie uh and they say yo my dudes it's your boy Okay, so this is less an urban legend and more of a slightly supernatural gay romance. So who else to share it with you but you guys? Yes, our brand, it has come together. It's really good. So this happened about two years ago when I was spending the night at my auntie's house so that we could go to London the next day for my birthday. We went to a cat cafe. It was great. My dad ended up coming around that night, so it was just me, my auntie, and my dad. 
You see, my dad's side of the family is very superstitious. Their mom was apparently someone who could read tea leaves and use crystal balls and see ghosts, all of that shiz. And just my luck, it's supposedly passed down to every second generation's eldest child. That's me on my dad's side. Like twins. Yeah, not really important, just something I felt like mentioning. Anyway, so my dad, auntie, and I were just chilling when my dad suddenly decided that we should try to talk to the dead with this Ouija-type game that ties with their family. So being the spoopy and edgy child that I am, I agreed. The game is called Glassy Glassy. Amazing name Uh for anything. Uh Uh-oh. And it consists of putting a circle of letters and numbers on a table, putting a light glass in the middle upside down, and each lightly touching it with your finger, sitting in darkness, only lit by the flickering of candlelight, and asking questions to those no longer in the living world. This sounds like like what the... Ouija board was before it became a mass-produced product. Yeah, I agree. This seems like this seems like a homemade way to speak to the dead. And then, like some people are like, "What if we sold this? We're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna give our money to Hasbro. We can do it with a glass and some chalk." I was just gonna say, "Hey, Mister Hasbro, want a tangle?" <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm like. I'm like 95% sure Ouija board is a Milton Bradley product. Yeah, it probably is. You're right. Anyway. Uh, why is that the phrase that came to mind? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> this one is such a mess, guys. <laughs> I really don't know. It doesn't really, uh, doesn't really have any meaning or connotation that would make sense Subtitle here. idea. Getting sloppy. Okay. Georgie continues. I had never played this game before, but my dad would sometimes mention some strange stories from his childhood when we would play it with his twin brother. Even one time, they were told to leave, but refused, and the glass flew off the table and shattered. So yeah, fun times. No, we done. I'm done playing this game. (laughs) So we all gathered around the table in a somewhat ritual-like manner. My dad is religious, so he said a prayer asking for someone to come and talk to us. Nothing happened for a while, and though I was shaking in my seat, I didn't expect anything too much. Maybe some vague things at most. But nope. My dad and auntie started asking questions, and the glass responded. At first, we were apparently talking to one of their uncles, which I found quite weird because they're both from South Africa, and we live in England, but I guess geography doesn't matter to a spirit? It was all pretty chill, though, and my dad and aunt asked some questions about money and housing and got some pretty straightforward answers. Then their uncle said someone else wanted to talk to them and that he was becoming tired anyway, so had to go. We all said goodbye and let the next spirit join us. It was my grandma. You could feel that the person talking was definitely someone else, someone more talented with communication, question mark. The movements of the glass were much stronger and quicker, whilst the last person took their time to find each letter in the circle. Hmm. This dude, my grandma, could easily jump from letter to letter with ease. My dad and aunt were ecstatic. They both loved their mom and were so sad that I couldn't have gotten to know her more before she died as she lived in South Africa. So they were happy I could speak to her now. I didn't really know what to say. I hadn't asked anything yet. My grandma laughed at my awkwardness, apparently ha 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 on the board or something like that, and then let my auntie talk for me. Will Georgie find a soulmate? My auntie asked. J-O- Gosh, heavy question. Yeah, (laughs) I know, right? And so the board responded, J-O-Y. Fuck, I am extremely gay, but not at all out to my dad or auntie at this time. So you know I was slightly freaking out. Damn. It was pe- I know. Calling, calling it out, Grandma. Come on. Or- See, I figured it was like, wait, J-O-Y? J-O-Y. Yeah. Joy. joy. I figured it meant like you will find joy in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I was reading it that way. Eric, not as that's a the reading of a straight person. well luckily that's probably what the auntie and the dad thought anyway it was passed over though and we brought the game to an end a little while later saying our goodbyes and getting our final words into the spirit world i slept that night meters away from the table we spoke from freaking out the next day my auntie and i left early for london by train she presumably forgotten that my grandma outed me to her the last uh the night before so i wasn't going to bring it up Anyway, we arrived at the cat cafe early, so desired to walk around for a little bit. We were in this cool and hip vintage street, 
so spent some time walking through graffiti-covered streets. Then I spotted something. A shop across the street with big, sleek letters above the door. Joy! The freaking shop was called Joy, so you know your boy had to get themselves in there. My auntie and I walked in. I hadn't mentioned the connection I made from the night before, though I kept my eye out for someone. Anyone. The shop was relatively empty, so I started to look around at what was actually in the shop. The walls were covered in vintage clothing and records, random knickknacks on the shelves, and some really cool random socks. But one table in the middle of the shop caught my eye. It was covered in the color yellow, bursting with sunflowers and bees, little books and fairy lights, poetry and Polaroids, all dipped in the color yellow. Whoa. Okay, this might not seem like much, but I think we can fast forward to now. I am dating the most amazing person I could ever think of. Her favorite color is yellow. She has an obsession with bees and sunflowers, loves when we read books together, had almost as many fairy lights as me, and takes way too many pictures of random things. Her name isn't Joy, but damn if she brings it. Oh. It sounds so like they might cute. be dating Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> not so, Everything is true, not sunflowers. Uh, so that was a much more pleasant and upbeat story that I usually tell, but it was too cute not to. Adorable. It really was. I would love to give you a uh, kind story about someone's grandma, but it does have a creepy edge to it. Yeah, so that's my jam. This is another urban legend from my grandma from Nas Lee, whose uh, first ghost story in yes. our grandma extravaganza episode still stays with me. What well, what was her first story? Do you do you do you remember? Yeah, it was the the um like kindly old man spirits in their flat in Turkey. Oh, the one that was like wanted to help teach okay. people how yeah. to read. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember one. if it was the Hell Puppers because I feel like the Hell Puppers were around that time too. It was around that time. Yeah, but the uh, but no, uh, Nasli's grandma was like, yeah, no, it's it's there. What do you want? <laughs> Today I have another story told by my grandma, which reminded me one of your i which reminded me of one of your Irish myth changelings. I would like to share mm. that creepy story with you. Do it. My grandma has four other siblings, an older sister, two older brothers, and one younger brother. They believed her younger brother was either a changeling or cursed by his name when he was a baby. That Those nice. are very specific things to assume. Continue. My granduncle, who I know as Zeki, was named Muhammad when he was born. He was a sickly baby and had some developmental problems and couldn't walk by the age of four, so his parents took him to a doctor, but they were unable to find a cure. So they started to look at other options. My great-grandmother took her sick child to an old religious man in the village who was known to cast or broke spells by prayer. He took a look at the child and says there are only two reasons for this condition. The first possibility is that the name they had given him was too heavy for a young child. Second, he was cursed by jinn. I mean, honestly, either one. Those are pretty legit. Not, not good either way, for sure. Naming a child after the prophet Muhammad, he said, could be too much responsibility for some babies, so much so that it could make them sick. He suggested that they change his name to something lighter, a name that would not give him too much responsibility. So his mother decided to change his name to Zeki, which means intelligent and bright. I really like that name. Unfortunately, the name change didn't work. So they decided to try mm. the second option. The old man told them to perform a ritual, which would convince the jinn to give their real child back. Side note, I didn't know that jinn and changelings were uh, like had a tradition there. Um, yeah, I'm fascinated if any listeners have uh, grandmothers or parents or themselves who have uh, jinn lore knowledge, please get in touch. So the ritual to convince the jinn to give their real child back meant my great grandmother and her eldest son would go to a graveyard at midnight with the child. They awesome. would stand on opposite sides of the graveyard walls and give the child to each other over the wall three times while saying, get your own baby and give ours back. Then they would leave the child with some water and bread there. And after a few minutes, one of them would come and get their, quote, real child back. You know and what? Uh, a, a red haired child oh, <laughs> came no! up and they're all linked. It's all one story no! again. <laughs> You know, I was I was gonna say, uh, best place to leave your child while child rearing is clearly a graveyard. I mean, best I think place it's to really have babies. Extreme, extreme measures for extreme curses. They changed Julia. his name. Yeah, yeah. So they did that, and my great uncle, who was a teenager at the time, went to get his brother afterward. So the older boy got the younger boy back. 
To this day, he says he heard whispers in the dark that said, give our son back, give our son back. He freaked out and ran with his little brother away from the graveyard. Yikes. Zeki got better after a while. It turned out that he had a calcium deficiency and he was better after some supplements. People are very good with telling stories. I'm sorry, I don't mean to, okay. I don't mean to laugh at that because that's like a really serious thing. And he like couldn't yeah, walk for four that's, years. That's very good. This is where the podcast pivots to um, a, a brand endorsement of gummy vitamins. People are very good with telling stories and coming up with explanations when things are difficult to understand. Your podcast showed me how diverse yet how similar the stories we share could be. So thanks very much. Stay creepy and stay Aww. cool. From Nosley. Thanks, Nosley. Thank you. I like that we had like a like a actual conclusion to one of these. It's like, and it turns out it was just not enough <laughs> medical deficiency. problem. <laughs> I get some kefir into that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did get a cool new name though, so that's pretty tight. He got a great origin story. He got a bonding moment with his older brother, and he probably is not a changeling. So sounds like Zeki won. Yeah. 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 Our last story comes from me. Chaboy? It's a twist. I'm very excited. Tell me all about it. I was recently at a speakeasy themed party. Thought you were going to say a spaghetti warehouse and got real jealous real quick. I would never go to the spaghetti warehouse without you guys. That would be ridiculous. I was at a speakeasy themed party and down in the basement, one of uh, my cousin who was hosting the party's friends was doing tarot card readings. And I was like... I've never done that, and there was like not a lot of people hanging out down there, so I was like, why not try it out? So I mean, I did. if it went bad, we're going to find out why. So, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll go through the wide sweeping details because I'm no expert in this, so I there's a lot of things happening, cards flipping and stuff, and I, I think I got most of it. Uh, I don't know what kind of deck they were using. There were four suits and they were all they were based in land, water, air and fire, maybe. So it was like huh. a specific type of tarot. I don't think it was like your traditional tarot card, but I did some Googling and there there do there are sets of tarot that use like suits of stuff. Um, Most tarot uses suits of stuff, uh, but interesting that they did an elemental tarot. That's, yeah, that's not exactly. something super common. That's what I thought. And I, they started the reading by putting a bunch of cards face down mm-hmm. on the on the thing. And they asked me about a specific thing that had happened recently in my life mm-hmm. so they could pick a card to represent me. Gotcha. Which feels like which feels like a bit of a, a hot a hot read. Oh yeah. Because now they've got details out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're able to to start adding things to that mm-hmm. whole conclusion sure, about sure, sure. it. But my girlfriend recently had back surgery. She's doing fine. She's on the mend. But I gave the person that kind of a example as something significant happening in my life. Sure. Mm-hmm. The first couple cards, I wasn't really understanding where they were kind of coming from. Like the thing that, what was it? The thing that is the underlying issue and the thing that is the thing that controls everything and the mm-hmm. past and look forward. But they, as it went on, it was interesting. Almost all of my cards were face cards, Ooh. except for... That means the ones with kings and queens and stuff. Well, they, I mean, they, the, I mean, I guess they were part of the major the arcana, they were, but they, they were, yeah, they were major arcana cards. Oh. Thank you, Julia. You're welcome. Um, which like in this deck, I asked them afterwards, I think there were, they said there were 89 cards in the deck or mm-hmm. something like that. And only 16 of them were face cards. Yeah. It's so only like, like the a fifth odds, of like the odds of like all but one or two of mine being face cards is like very very crazy i mean like just statistics like outside of any magical thing right that's extremely low the universe Um, had shit to tell you yeah and it was the they said that it was uh showed signs of a very interpersonal reading instead of like a wide sweeping kind of like Mm -hmm. here is your future kind of things like this has uh, very specific things. The most interesting thing was there were like three cards that were like the underlying thing and then like, I don't remember, like the future and then like the, solu- the solution. They, were, they weren't those right. things, but they were in order. As they were flipping them in the order, like they showed that the cards slowly progressed in higher 
of the of the suit these three face cards interesting which was kind of like like showed like a level of growth which was really fascinating especially since the reading was based around like recovery and health Mm -hmm. so it was a really interesting experience i feel like there were a lot of things that like didn't entirely add up and just some kind of like confusing bits I mean, I've I don't I don't know how these things work. Maybe I'm not getting the th- the the reading as fully as possible. But it was really really interesting, and it was there were a lot of really interesting aspects of it, especially those three cards that were all linked together very specifically. And like, it wasn't like the middle one was first, and then the top one, then the bottom one. It was like low, mid, high, like as you went through it. So it like seemed like it had like a very, if nothing else, it seemed like the reading had an arc to it. Which cool. was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. And like, you know, when we talked about tarot in our episode with Jolie Kerr, she did talk about a lot how tarot is a lot of self-introspection. And mm-hmm. a lot of times when you're reading the cards, either for yourself or having someone else read it for you, it doesn't always line up and it might line up and like click like two weeks from now or like when the thing actually happens that it was making reference to. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it was just it was it was a cool experience. And if you're if you if you're at a party and someone's <laughs> that seems to know what they're doing is offered free readings, I mean, Do why it. not? Nope. Like it was it was fun. It was something to to spend twenty or so minutes doing, and it was it was a, it was a good time. That's sweet. Oh, that sounds like you had fun. Also, the deck was really dope. Like it was like very well designed. Like I didn't find out what the design was or anything but like it was really cool looking like it was visually cool the way everything was laid out and everything i didn't realize that there was as much pre-setup to tarot readings Mm -hmm. i i've always assumed it was like i flip over a card and then i flip over another card but this one was all laid out and then it was like these are the cards that do these things and then you flip them as you go yeah which was that was cool i didn't know that yeah Aw, that's awesome, though. That sounds like a good Patreon goal for um, Julie and me to, to go have readings done by maybe Jolie's favorite person in New York. Yeah, yeah, that would be dope. That would be very cool. I dig it. I dig it. Well, thanks for sharing, Eric. That sounds like a, a very neat experience and a fun and totally not creepy way to end this Urban Legends episode. Yes, very exactly. positive. <laughs> so uh, just to recap, some lessons. Uh, don't play in the fog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't record podcasts at the witching hour. I hear the dog outside the door. It's, <laughs> it is one minute we, we before gotta 6 wrap, p.m. We got to wrap this up quick. That's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a, a lesson we are learning right now. All right. When your grandma outs you to your family, you will find your soulmate. Oh, one more thing. Remember to stay creepy. Stay cool. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, HoneyBook, which is a platform for small businesses. At honeybook.com slash spirits, you can get 50% off your first year. And RX Bar, a whole food protein bar with a bunch of cool new fall flavors that you'll want to check out at rxbar.com slash spirits, where you can get 25% off your first order with promo code spirits. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.